What is up, Phoenix family? I'm Ross Cessna, your effervescent and omnipresent host. We're about to go on an esoteric and occult odyssey. This isn't the designer spirituality that is polluting pop culture. It's your opportunity to explore age-old wisdom in the raw. With no further delay, I present to you the Spiritual Phoenix Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. We are here with Michael Boyle once again for part two of our conversation about uh, curiosity. I forgot what the topic was. Um, <laughs> Michael, how's life treating you? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Long time listener, third time caller. That's right. I am keeping this joke running for every time I'm here. Oh man! <laughs> well, if we if we continue to do this uh, format, you're quickly going to outnumber everybody. <laughs> That's I why I'm doing it. I hope that you're able to count past 10, though. I have never seen this proven yet, so we'll, we'll find out. Well, that's the thing. In numerology, you can't go past nine, you know, unless you get to master numbers. So, you know, so it's you're gonna fucked. Be, it's going to get it's gonna that's, get that's a good excuse for not being able to count past 10. But, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you need to tell yourself, Michael. Um, uh, one so, note, Ross, so today we're uh, going to be talking about the dark side of curiosity. Um, and I guess I'm more geared toward the dark side of most things. Uh, although I, I tend to be a, a pretty, I can't even say that. Um, yeah, I just like the darker side of things, I guess, for whatever reason. Uh, so what's your experience with the dark side of curiosity? I feel like you touched on it a little bit in the last episode, kind of mentioning the YouTube rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Well, but before we get into that, I actually want to, because of what you just said, I wanted to ask you, what, what would you, what do you understand when we're talking about dark side? Especially because you said that you're more drawn to, is it aesthetically dark stuff or I don't know? What, what do you think? Um, so, so I think the darker side of stuff that I'm drawn to more so is concepts that people don't necessarily want to talk about directly or are uncomfortable talking about. And that could just be me wanting to, to seem edgy in my own mind and it could all be a delusion. Um, <laughs> but as far as the dark side of curiosity, what I'm referring to specifically is when curiosity kind of becomes perverted and becomes more destructive than helpful. Mm. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, nice definition. Yeah. Well, for me, the... Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that that's, that's the, well, the thing about destructive as well, and that's the video here, it's a video thing. The thing behind me, like the upward pointing uh, pentacle, and obviously like, um, well, my, maybe not that obvious, but like my, my YouTube page, you know, Facebook page, cuts, <laughs> my, my whole kind of like brand or whatever that I've about white magic, I'm very much like, uh, identify really strongly with like right hand path occultism, um, and in a, in a kind of general sense, although kind of kind of like once the nice to be trying to make generalizations about like left or right hand path and what it really means, but um, what you said about kind of destruction, I think um, it's more it's kind of closer to like you know left hand path than, than right hand path. You know, like something I used to say like years ago was like I add like I don't take away. You know what I mean? Um, in terms of like right hand path versus left hand path, so. Um, yeah, I can, I, can, uh, I can go with that. And I realize that's not actually what this, what this, what this podcast is about. But uh, if you want to talk about that, or I can 
into the curiosity. Um, one question that I, I do want to bring up, and I don't know if we talked about this when I had interviewed you prior to this uh, more recent conversation, is can't white hand path become corrupted though? And it, like the sense of ego that one has about doing so-called good kind of be a point of uh, actually damage and destruction and can't left-hand path actually be healthy and kind of be a counterbalance? Like, isn't kind of being Gandalf the Grey <laughs> like the healthy point of view and the one extreme is, is actually no better than the other? Well, the um, so I, I tried to... <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I stumped <laughs> you on that one. No, I, I stumped. Still think so, man. Challenge accepted. Um, so whatever I kind of... I try to attend meetings at the Theosophical Society here. And one of the things they do is they do like a, uh, like a book study on doctrine by um, HPB. Um, and a, a thing that we were talking about like recently was exactly that. Right? If you do something like your... Um, like your motivation like really really matters like maybe as much in the grand scheme of things uh, as what the actual content of the action was so for example there was a guy he gave an example of he uh, he gave you know, someone in the street asked him for some money and he was in a hurry and he was like oh like, okay like there you go grab the, you know some coins and just like shove them in the guy's hand took two steps and was like oh man what an asshole I was just there you know because he's like working on this level where he's like trying to do everything do it for the right reason and to be led to do it for the right reason. You know, like I always say, oh, so I didn't come last time. And they're like, hey, like if it happens, it happens. You know, you just like lead yourself to it. And they're trying to like get into the flow and everything. So there is that, um, and that even comes up in like The Good Place, you know, you seen that, like that, that show like on Netflix or whatever, that's like the, the morality thing, which I don't necessarily agree with that to, to all that much of an extent at this point. And like my understanding of reality because for me the content of the action is is actually it's still relevant you know if you give if you give like a, if you like found a school for for like you know some kids who don't have a school then and you only do it so that people see you as like a nice guy or whatever sure like you maybe you did it for the wrong reason but you still built school you know like that wasn't there before you your tangible like you know actions were you know were, were right there you know that they're the the effect was good, so um, and it always happens. I've got such a short memory, like goes out, goes out the things maybe it's not me. But uh, essentially, the, the either extreme being bad, I don't know. Um, I think that it's you can borrow different things. So yeah, maybe like it's not going to be all black or, or all white. You know, I think that maybe people who want to be like on the right hand path are generally held to more to like a higher standard. Like it's easier to disparage someone who's trying to do something completely selflessly than it is to, to just like attack someone who's like being incredibly like selfish. You're just like, oh, he's just a selfish person. But it's almost like if someone's trying really hard to like, do the right thing, you know, as you know, as much of the time as possible, you know, people, you know, it's far easier to like point out the, the faults and, you know, look at colors. It's easier to see like stains on a white cloth than it's on a black one. You know, maybe it's kind of like for that kind of reason. Let me ask you this then. I, I kind of want to gear us back towards the dark side of curiosity. Um, Historically, hasn't more things, more horrible things been done in the name of good? Um, and then the next thing that I would ask is, isn't it easier to become blind to one's own ego more so in the white path than, or on the right-handed path and the left-handed path? 
So isn't it easier to kind of be diluted? Because on the left-handed path, you're not trying, you don't give a fuck. But on the right-handed path, it's very easy to kind of get so self-absorbed and doing good that you could think you're technically doing good and you're actually doing something bad. Well, do you know what? We can we can bring this up in in, uh, in, a, in a way that so from from Christianity, I remember the uh, when I was a Christian, one of the, the key things I've studied we're talking about um, why you know God set all these laws and like rules for us to go by that are just like basically go right against human nature, like you're not allowed to have sex or whatever. Just like how come how come that's all anyone can think about from the age of like fourteen to like four hundred? You know, um, <laughs> so like. <laughs> Uh, that, I think that was a Henry Rollins register. Uh, anyway, so that, uh, but the the point was, it's like, well, actually, like, it's it, the whole point wasn't that these things are like, well, they're not supposed to be part of our nature, but like that's like Satan, like or Lucifer or whatever, trying to like un- get in your weak spots or whatever and like tempt you, you know? which actually is exactly what I've got in mind. Notes right here is what the dark side of curiosity is. It's like a temptation, you know, being, and this, I think it's more the, and maybe this is like what you're kind of getting at with the, the kind of gray things. It's like the stronger your conviction and the stronger, the tighter you try to hold on to them, like the, the more brittle they become, you know, and like the more they get like chipped away at, and like this eventually like the stronger temptation gets, you know, like the harder they come, harder they fall. If you have these like super strong convictions about no, I'm trying to live a completely selfless life, then you know the closer you get to living that selfless life, like the more likely you are to like win the lottery or whatever, you know, because um, it's you know it gets harder, you know, the the more you the more you get at it. Yeah, I mean, hermeticism pretty much says that extremes are more alike than they are dissimilar. So that's why I really have a hard time kind of looking at right or left-handed path is almost different in any way. And for me personally, I just feel like being more centered in in like acknowledging stuff and kind of directing your more base nature at times to things and having an outlet for it and also Mm -hmm. doing good, but not doing so good that you can become a self-righteous dickhead. Um, (laughs) That just makes more sense to me, but I don't hear a lot of people talking about that approach to it. Because I I think think that white, white, like right-handed path, it has an air of self-righteousness baked into it. The right-hand path is Yeah, right-hand path has an air of self-righteousness baked into it. There's the, and that that from that's definitely like the biggest pitfall uh, that that I can see. You know that it's like you you start to see. I mean, for example, I, I I can see people who are trying to do good in the world. You know, and they're definitely you know maybe that they wouldn't use this term, but they're definitely like um, you know on the right-hand path. I can you know for example, um, I know people who are like Reiki healers. Yourself, man. So for me, it's like, okay, the the, the Reiki, um, oh, I forget the exact word. They're not tenants or pillars, what are they called? Um, precepts. Precepts. There's a different word. It doesn't matter. But the, those, the five things, right, about, about Reiki. It's really brass, you should know that. But um, the, one of them is like, do no harm to, you know, to any, like, any other creature, any other person, whatever it is. And for me, like, okay, you know, that's that's the end of, like, you know, uh, eating meat or whatever, you know, and like, I'm like, I'm, you know, in one, one way, you know, living life, I'm like, eating meat's like, not eating meat is like my thing, you know, everyone else can do their, their thing, whatever they want, but there is that kind of thing where I do have that kind of like self-righteousness thing where I like, like Reiki or whatever, and then their profile picture is like, make a big steak or whatever, and I'm just like, like, 
you, you asshole or whatever, you know, like maybe not like that, but it's kind of in my head like that, you know, so I do even, you know, even, even the great Michael Boyle, I did it again. <laughs> you, know, you know, someone who's like trying to consciously work towards like being the best person I can and offer myself in service to the world and like be the best, like, uh, you know, servant for humanity, aiding the evolution of our species and our planet as I can. I, you know, even trying to be as good as possible, I still have like loads of work to do, you know? So like you can recognize that and, and you know, and then work on it. That's the thing you have to do as far as, as far as I see it. Um, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave it there. I don't know if this is a, a point of conversation that we'll ever have any actual conclusion or agreement on. <laughs> I feel like we can bring this up every time and still come to different points and right? go on it, <laughs> uh, which is fine. Um, for now, no. Well, do you, do you, <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> do you agree with me though that the dark side of of curiosity is essentially temptation? In that sense, it is like you are uh, because if it's a dark side, it's it's only I asked you for your definition, and you mentioned about like taboos, you know, and about like being edgy and like uh, being uh, more attracted to like dark side things because it's kind of it's it's almost like you feel like you shouldn't, you know. So you. Um, being tempted or like having like that dark side of curiosity it's almost like the the temptation is, is is the same thing for you you know that you kind of get it, maybe it is you just like every so often like oh you know these you know, like law of attraction people whatever who are like you know manifesting you know mercedes benz for themselves every five minutes you know maybe sometimes you're just kind of drawn to be like i don't kind of like a mercedes benz you know and then maybe you'll kind of like go back on yourself in, in that kind of sense you know, i don't know yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you that it's temptation. I think part of it's just seeking power as well. Um, but I also don't inherently see anything wrong with necessarily manifesting something material at, at some point as well. It just really depends upon if it's actually what is practical or useful in that situation. And I can't say that at times a Mercedes-Benz wouldn't be practical or useful. There's probably better ways to use those skills. But at the same time, I don't think that I'm bound by trying to be completely moral with everything either. Um, hmm. I, I should rephrase that because I'm in recovery and I'm trying not to be such a dickhead. There's certain things that I have to do, but as far as filtering everything material out and not allowing myself to have some material pleasure, I don't think that that's productive or practical or actually realistic or spiritual. I think hmm. that's just another form of uh, spiritual narcissism personally, but like, I definitely think it's power based and I think the power is the temptation point of it. Like for me, when I went down my YouTube rabbit hole uh, and went into like all the conspiracy theory stuff, a lot of it was trying to have power. Um, but the the dark side of curiosity too is it be, can become so addictive and it's that same force that can propel you forward, can propel you into a downward spiral. Um, and for me, that was increased anxiety, fear, paranoia, um, consuming more and more substances to kind of sweep away the lens of fear that was prevalent in that. And then ultimately that was one of the things that led to me fucking completely detaching from reality. Mm. Uh, and I think that's kind of the beast nature of curiosity, but I think that even the positive side can have the same aspect of it. I think that both extremes of curiosity meet into that kind of fucking abyss and that mm. the real work is staying in the center point of anything um, because everything's trying to pull you off the side. Mm. That's just my personal view of it. Um, 
but it is kind of like, I guess to, to tie everything back together, pursuing that path of white magic can lead you to the extreme. That curiosity of being the best person you can be can turn you into a monster. So at some point there has to be, for me personally, I shouldn't say for you, but like for me, um, even, even recently I can attest to this. So prior to everything that happened in my life in the past two months or so, I was in this really good habit of getting up super early, doing a headstand, swimming, um, really killing stuff with like how I structured my day. And it, on the surface, it seemed really good. And there was this curiosity and this thirst to like see how far I can push myself, how far I can develop myself, this, that, and the other. The issue is that pursuing it that way, even though it was about personal development, self-empowerment, pursuing it that way was actually incredibly destructive. Um, and that curiosity pretty much was one of the things that started all the dominoes falling when life showed up. And that's one of the things that really led me to a space um, how I had touched on before about kind of becoming more passive with my curiosity and my thirst for everything is understanding that I can't always have this active search for everything. Um, so even good curiosity can become tainted and can become poisonous. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause and give you a second to respond to that before I go any further, actually. No, man, I, I, was, I was really enjoying it. It was a, it was a wild ride. It was, it was our irony. I was, I was really enjoying it. <laughs> You're all good. No, what's your perspective on that, though? Well, well, so first, I, I wanted to go back to, to at the beginning of the wild ride, uh, which was about the, um, your your like rabbit hole and everything uh, that it led you to like a, like a really like always like really like, dark place, you know. Um, but I want to ask, like, is it the curiosity that that was like the real beast, or was it like the the content of the information, like the, the particular rabbit hole that you? that you like explored, you know? And if it was like, on, on what level do you think that that was like um, your soul, like attempting to initiate some shadow work? Because, you know, obviously like it ended up, you know, you followed the, the curiosity all the way down this, this rabbit hole, ended up having to detach from reality because, you know, you just, it was just horrible down there. But it's like you, you kept going or you chose another one, you know? So it, like, as a result of going through that like tough time, you did like lead the thing. So, and I just, I think I just, came up with you I just told you what the conclusion was request. <laughs> yeah I mean I would say that it was the curiosity mixed with the content you can't really separate both of them it's like saying was it the addiction or was it the drugs that caused me to, to like fuck up my life in some areas too they're they're linked so they're not inseparable I guess um, and as far as it bringing me to a different place this is one of the things where like for my personal story, it's helpful to say that that led me to be where I'm at today. And that is true based upon reality, the way that it went. The question then becomes, could things be different had it not gone that way? And I don't know. So objectively looking at it versus looking at it from my subjective lens, it makes it easier to, to narrate my life and navigate. Um, mm. I don't know that. I don't know that that was necessary. Did it work out for me in the end? Sure. Does it not work out for a lot of people to go down that rabbit hole? Absolutely not. A lot of people are permanently fucked from um, going down that. A lot of people are, are permanently stuck in psych wards from having similar experiences. Like literally I shouldn't fucking be here. <laughs> like um, I, I'm really fucking fortunate. Um, 
but I think that that would fall in, into spiritual narcissism to, to be like, yeah, man, it all, it all works out. It always works out for me. It did. Um, most people, it doesn't in that sense. Well, so, so I'm about that. So people who, um, like essentially don't, you know, don't recover from experiences like that. Um, they, okay. So let's say for example, that you, you got to a point where you were just like, like I'm getting out of here, you know, I, I got to like, like that like with depression where i remember just like sitting i literally just like sitting at this like looking around at me and like fuck like there's like it's all gone whatever like there's like and i you know decided it's like am i gonna die or am i gonna like find a way out and i, I decided to just like stick with it or whatever and, you know here we are today magic playing at harry potter like in our in our like in our like adult prime or whatever um but the like looking at um experiences in like a broader scope where you uh you know where like an, an event or like a situation that happens to someone like it's just an event you know so for example with my depression thing i was able to let it go you know i like let it go so that i could like do the work and you know with your, your experiences and things that like you were able to like disassociate with them or like not associate with them so that you were able to like to recover and, and I want to ask you, like, do you think that a lot of people who end up in, in psych wars and things like that, uh, looking at, you know, of course, like, <laughs> disclaimer, like, you know, some people just need help. Some people, like, just can't. Like, I'm, I'm well aware of that. Um, but looking at it and, you know, along the lines of, like, uh, like an experiment, like a thought experiment with, like, spirituality, do you think that maybe this, like, um, curiosity has, like, led people down this rabbit hole? And then maybe part of the dark side of curiosity it becomes, like, obsession. You know, in a sense that maybe you become obsessed with things and you can't let it go, and then that's like you're kind of like holding back your own your own progress. And these are, these are obviously like extreme situations, but uh, I, I mean, I would agree with that because part of the thing that really helped me recover from a lot of that, and it's something that you had mentioned in the previous episode too. I had to sit all that shit down for a while, man. Um, when I found out that the root, that the uh, etymology of the word entertainment means to contain within. And I really looked at like what I was digesting and looking at all this like fear porn that I was like the Alex Jones type stuff and all of these various things. Um, it became apparent to me that that was really fucking unhealthy and that like sitting in my room and smoking pot all day when I had a mental health condition and digesting that stuff probably wasn't a wise decision. <laughs> like, um, and then I might want to fill my mind with things that were a little bit healthier. Um, so yeah, well, is, is the obsession part of it? Yeah, I'd say so. And and what about, for example, that there's um, there's a part of it where you get um, so if as I said last time that the curiosity fuels um, exploration, you know, and investigation, then maybe that there there's like a lack of it. You get to a point where you fall a rabbit hole like so far down of like curiosity that you lose the curiosity. You know, you run out of fuel. You know, that's that's where like you struggle to get out of it. You know, like I've seen, um, you know, I've seen friends of mine like go through like awful, like depression or whatever, you know? And it's like, I, I want to just be like, hey, like, let's do it. You know, but I've, I've now learned like, you can't, you can't like pick them up, you know, because they need to like get out themselves, you know, like you mm. can't, I'm learning that right, right now, you know, that I'm helping that friend just now. And, um, you know, still totally like trying to like relearn that and face up to, the, to that fact that like, there's only so much I can do to help that, that person um, and that 
uh, I, I lost, I got distracted by the screaming children next to me. <laughs> you brought up a really interesting point though. Like something you said really triggered something in my mind. Um, and it was in relation to how I said the, the extremes eventually overlap and lead to the same point. But mm -hmm. I think that you were kind of alluding to this, that even the dark side of curiosity, if pursued far enough and not cling to like the certain point will lead you into the more positive side of curiosity and allow you to get a more central point. Um, which I think is true, but I guess no matter where you're at in that position, whether it's with um, paths of magic or with uh, information or whatever, mm -hmm. there's going to be a fucking death process, like not even ego death, but like a, a belief structure death uh, and, and a whole re way of recalibrating your perception of reality. And that's going to fucking hurt. <laughs> it's going to be unpleasant and it's going to completely shake your core foundation. Um, and for me, that kind of was like the mental health crisis. And I guess that the thing is also with the conspiracy stuff, just as, as an example, like it starts out with say 9-11 was a hoax. We'll, we'll just use that as a starting point. And I'm not here to debate whether it was or not. Like, well, actually, I don't really I fucking care. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> but, but then it ends at like archons or fucking clones or things like that where you're questioning the entire nature of reality or fucking reptilians or anything like that. Um, and, and to go from one extreme to where there's just this corrupt government to the other extreme of... of there's aliens that have infiltrated us and are using us for fucking experiments and cloning. Like mm. that's fucking uncomfortable, dude. And like, just to pull my own sheets here, like to let people know what I really had to come back from, for mental health stuff. When I was in the psych ward in, um, what was it? 2013 or 2014. Like I literally had a delusion or hallucination where I thought people in the psych ward with me were like reptilians and they were coming in and chipping people. So like I had to completely restructure my reality um, like and rebuild my perception of everything. And part of that came from the point of saying, well, what the fuck can I do? I'm pretty much powerless over this situation. Um, so I just kind of have to ride the current of this and see what happens. And that's a fucking really <laughs> humbling experience, I guess, overall. Um, but pursuing that and being curious enough to kind of see how everything shook out isn't something that I, I would think everybody's going to want to do. And I think that that's also part of the reason why um, maybe a lot of mental illness ends tragically with people killing themselves or kind of going on these violent sprees at times is because this whole process of going from one side to the other and making that transition, if, if you're, if you don't have some kind of mental fortitude or, or uh, divinely provided grace or just the environment that it can give you some fucking respite from that. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a fucking shit show, dude. <laughs> so, so like, yeah. Yeah. It's the, the well, what you said about death. I, I think is really key. I think that um, one of the, well, one of the first things that, um, that you really uh, that you get to grips with, and one of the things I think is now I mean, it's in the same way that like Mercury retrograde is like the thing that people don't know anything about astrology, know about astrology, you know. Um, and now, like I think in tarot, it's like that the death card doesn't really mean death. It's like the death of like one part of your life, and even you want people just know that, you know, because you know 
30 years ago wasn't the case, like death card, like, oh my God, I'm gonna die. Um, you know, it's, it's not about that, but um, looking for, for, for death, like I, I, or looking at that, sorry, um, I think it's something that I, I do look for, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm like welcome to like ends of like eras or whatever, like times of my life, you know, just like, you know, nothing is, um, you know, like learning to like let go of stuff. Really like you know, and the more you try to hold on to something, like I said, like the more you stick to like a point of view, the more brittle it gets. For example, um, and maybe like talking about curiosity, like the part of the dark side is like what you're really looking for is like looking for death without like looking for a rebirth, which is like the real gold, you know, like, and that's how you get kind of stuck in things. You don't allow yourself to rise from the ashes, you know, like <laughs> this. That was the phoenix. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> just in case you didn't know, phoenix is you the whole thing after a phoenix. You don't know what it is. Um, so again, like with the whole conspiracy thing, absolutely. You know, you get to a rabbit hole, and then, or even another example is uh, like the, the Flat Earth Society. You know, I don't know if there's a, a you've seen on Netflix. There's like, a, by the way, I'm getting paid no money for Netflix, but I've been pushing them hard. Uh, but uh, I think it's called Looking for the Edge or something like that, or it's like a documentary about the Flat Earth like society. It's not like a flat earth. It's not about being edgy. <laughs> <laughs> really good, man. That's a really good one. Um, but it's about, about them. And one of the things for me, of course, like talk about curious, you know, like talk about, you know, red pill or whatever, you know, like deciding that like scientists are like, don't know what they're talking about you know and in this uh, documentary they do a bunch of experiments they follow people doing experiments like they all chipped in and they, they picked some incredibly um uh, like a gyroscope or some incredibly like uh, expensive gyroscope and they did an experiment they're like it's a earth is round if it's b earth is flat it was like a and they were like hmm maybe we need to put it in like a lead casing and then they just like didn't accept the results so they did it again it was a again they were like hmm there's something wrong with the experiment or whatever, you know, so it's almost like their their curiosity is finite. You know, it's like they, they wanted to get to a certain point, or like write the curiosity to a certain point, and then like like that was it. Like that's the end, you know. And it was like that's just where they're gonna stay, which is you know, they've a lot of them talked about they've lost like family members or friends, you know, probably because they can imagine family dinner turns into like them just like trying to push their their view, you know, and everything, you know. And I'm sure a lot of people are into conspiracy theory or even into magic do the same thing, you know. It's, you know, when you're into something that's like, and you're into it like quite a deep level, you just want to keep talking about it because it's like, oh, it's consuming you, you know? But then it's like, you don't get that that rebirth kind of thing. You know, you hold on to things and you just like, you identify with it, you know, and then you get obsessed as well, you know, which I think can be another, like, you know, bringing that background. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, that uh, with the flat earth thing, like, <sighs> One of the big issues that I found in curiosity, and this is something that I've done myself at times, is looking for answers when there's already answers out there and then trying to dispute things that are already pretty much foundationally accepted as true and, mm -hmm. and questioning authority simply because it's authority and not objectively looking at the information and saying, well, what is there to gain from this? And just as the flat earth thing as an example, like every conspiracy has to have some kind of payoff like a tangible reward for concealing information. And I've tried to ask people that believe in the flat earth what the specific reward is for them for 
hiding the fact that the earth's flat and I've never legitimately got an answer as to what the payoff would be besides like confusing us to the true nature of reality. But it's like reality, whatever the fuck it is, is weirder than any of us can assume. Kind of like we had mentioned before. Um, we can never perceive the truth. We can never conceptualize the truth. We can never conce- like, you don't need to like, you can't understand reality. So there's no end point. And for them, like they literally have gone off the edge of reason, which is funny that they talk about the edge of the world because they've gone off the edge of reason past all of these points that have been proven. Like in that example, you should like said of them just looking for the results that they want rather than looking at the results. Mm -hmm. Um, That's one of the failings of science in some regards too, that in my opinion Because most science now is with the, despite what people might say, most science now is looking for specific results than it is about objectively letting the information speak for itself. Because objectivity in in a real way is unavailable to the individual. Well, that's magic. You're right. That's, uh, that's, you know, you're performing some kind of... um an experiment you can kind of look at as a ritual, you know, a process. So you're performing a process trying to get a specific result. You know what I mean? And it's like, in fact, running the same like science experiment until you get this, like the result you want is the same thing. It's like trying to manifest a half peeled orange or whatever, you know, by using sigils, you know, it's the exact same thing, you know, like that's, that's not science. And sure. Like there's, things, you know, well, I'll tell you what, like talking about curiosity and science, you know, like they, was, they started off, um, breaking from the church or whatever in like the Middle Ages, and I think I mentioned this last time, but about like breaking away from like the autonomy of the uh, autonomous authority, no, it's not the autocratic um, like mandate of the church, uh, saying like this is thing, and you've been you guys been like I'm not sure, hey, I don't think like the earth is the center of the of the, of the universe, you know, and people being like you're going to jail or whatever, and it kind of like chipped away at again like the the church, you know, holding onto this like doctrine like so tight that it just became like you know it didn't, it didn't become stronger it became vulnerable um but it's like that curiosity is really what has driven science you know and everything but it's also what drives occultism you know but there is like sure there there are some things that science like or scientists you know like you know <laughs> the the cartoon like white lab Scientist that you know doesn't really exist, whatever in my head. It was that guy. He like won't, won't accept me being like, hey, you know, if I like hold my hands up over a picture of someone and like you know draw a crazy symbol with my hands in the air or whatever, then you know they're gonna they're gonna get healed or you know <laughs> their past traumas aren't gonna be a problem anymore. And you know that's that sounds like bullshit to to a scientist, you know. But uh, you know like maybe maybe that's kind of the, the, the modern kind of occultism thing, especially with things like, um, uh, you know, quantum physics and all the stuff that I absolutely don't pretend to understand at all, uh, kind of showing that all the rules that science is like kind of ruled by for so long, like they're, they're not as like solid as they, as they appear, you know? So maybe in our generation, obviously like that curiosity being kind of like widened, you know, in the scope of possibility being widened. I really always think it's interesting, too, when you look at science, that the foundational structure for it, like the scientific method, a lot of the uh, the bone structure of it really came from a dream that I want to say it was Rousseau or somebody like that had. I forget which philosopher it was, but it literally came from a dream, which is some kind of like metaphysical <laughs> like foundation for it, which is fucking 
so ridiculous. Yeah. And then you really begin to look at it and it has to be based upon observable things. And it foregoes the understanding that there could be forces that are unobservable or ununderstandable by the human being. So it's a really like, although we consider scientists smart, and I'm not going to discredit their intelligence in one area of life because I think that would be ignorant of me, but it's a really fucking narrow-minded view to look at reality to say that we as human beings can literally understand and observe every phenomenon that exists in the world, and if we can't quantify it this way, it doesn't exist. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Sure. I mean, this. I mean, for example, the the crazy stuff like salmon. You know, like uh, salmon, like they they start off in Scotland. And they, they, they're born and they go down and then their whole physiology changes to be uh, from freshwater to saltwater. And then they, they swim back up or whatever and they change back. And they always go back to the exact same, like literally the exact same place, like the same house, you know, basically. Like not just like the same city, like they go to the same house to like, to like have their children or whatever, you know. And it's just like, what? How the, f- how the fuck do they do that? You know, like bees as well, you know, they, they, they like, they waggle, you know, the real talk called a waggle dance they like shake hmm. their ass with their or whatever and then they go and like find the, the the flowers and it's like then they find their way back and you know like, i think the term is is twerk i think that's a scientific <laughs> term not, yeah, not they, the waggle they, dance they twerk twerk it twerk it for for dollar bills or whatever uh, and then they you know but it's like we can't see their thing but they can you know dogs can smell like better than us um mm-hmm. you know, there's like a whole you know who knows like you know dogs like you know always like, just dogs barking at the ghosts or whatever you know you know maybe they can you know children they have more like paranormal like paranormal experiences than adults you know like maybe you lose like a kind of sense of perception you know? yeah i almost think that the whole loss of perception thing like for adults or middle-aged people is more so that we've kind of been conditioned to lose uh some of the liberal uh interpretations of reality and we're given this worldview and this lens to see everything through. And I definitely am not saying that everything weird that we see is something fucking weird, but I think that there's a lot more going on than most people ever understand. And I know for me, like, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this, right? Um, The world was full of magic. It became very dry. Then it became full of hallucinations and delusions for me. I'd be lying and, and foolish if I said that I, I don't still have some of them because all of us operate under delusions and some types of uh, mental operations every single fucking day. But there's also this underlying uh, concept of reality that's been revealed to me that's literally inexplicable except to people who have uh, witnessed it. And science can't quantify it. And I don't really give a fuck. And I have nothing to defend because there's there's no point and it's it's beyond um cognitive what is that called cognitive bias or whatever yeah cognitive dissonance is that what it's called no that's where you won't accept something um there's this there's one confirmation bias that's what it is i mixed two different things together um there, there goes that old personal delusion thing again Um, (laughs) but yeah confirmation bias in itself is like there's confirmation bias inherent in using that statement for everything that you can't understand. Like it has to be this because this term exists and it's like, you don't see the fucking paradox of saying that, <laughs> but I'm, I'm fucking rambling now. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I don't think we spoke that much. I think we, uh, we just rambled about a bunch of stuff, but 
was maybe maybe okay so for me the dark side of curiosity number one is like temptation uh another thing is like putting a limit on your own curiosity or like being curious up to a point and then discrediting everything else and and maybe it's even like this conversation kind of just like unfocused you know like you don't you know get anywhere <laughs> you know i'm not saying we haven't gone anywhere it's not you know i'm 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 pulling i'm good digging the but basically i'm sorry i'm focused you know like you don't you just kind of generally that it being like a you know a real thing to investigate you know hmm. yeah i would definitely agree with the kind of unfocused aspect but one of the things i would say is i don't even know so much like i think the sticking thing that you had give uh mentioned is true in certain aspects but the other aspect of it too is going far beyond where any kind of there's no reason to go out there. <laughs> like there's already conclusions that have been reached and then kind of having the ego or the wherewithal to continue to question some things. And that's, this is where it's tricky to say that because sometimes there is truth out there um, and there's still things to be found, but parsing out when that's actually legitimate and when it isn't, um, is a whole different thing. This is kind of, I'm, I'm going to leave with a question and I'm going to stop before you can answer it because I think that it will be an interesting topic um, maybe for a future discussion. Is it possible, and this is more geared towards, we'll use the flat earth as an example, but the general concept would apply to anything. Is it possible that in, in their reality, and I mean tangible reality, that there literally is a flat earth and they're tuned to something different, but connected here. And we witness them as fucking fools. Um, but here we're on, we're on globe earth and they seem foolish, but there's two alternate realities overlaying. And in both of them, the other person's foolish. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Phoenix Podcast. If you've got a question you want answered, a topic you'd like discussed, or a guest you want to hear, check out the form in the show notes. Follow our social media for other great content.